Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning and welcome to At Home with Roby. I'm Patrick McIsaac from Roby Commercial and Services. I'm Trent Hayes from the Roby family of companies. We are your hosts. We are. I guess so. It's Hallow's Eve. Coming off of, well, as, as, as we are listening and people listening to the show, we're coming off a pretty big day. Today? Yesterday. What was yesterday? Wasn't it the Cornhole Tournament? Oh, oh, if we're... If we're okay. talking about... You're so talking into the future. Talking into the today future. Today is Hallow's Eve. It is ha- Hallow's Eve. Halloween. <laughs> oh, Hallow's uh, Eve. There you go. You're right. And uh, yesterday was our sponsorship party for the, for the Cornhole. Yep. I thought that's what you were talking about. You threw no, me. No, I that did That was Monday you. night. That was we're Monday. recording this on Tuesday. If you didn't know, Halloween 2023 is on Tuesday. <laughs> uh, and that's in the past tense because you're listening to it on Sunday, maybe right. November the 4th. November the fourth, right? Do my math. That was some fast math. Goodness gracious! It's it's actually November fifth is a Sunday, but November fourth is oh, a cornhole tournament. Well, so that's why, why you, TJ. Yeah, it is. Know. The, we know we, that we've been saying we've that. We've said for, it wrong like fourteen. I times. did bad math again. It's okay. It's okay. We also uh, had last night. We had a uh, gala that we went to. We uh, stop talking in future tense. <laughs> Yeah, so, so Saturday, up. yesterday is the Cornhole Tournament, That's right. our 15th annual Pitching for Wishes. Yep. And in conjunction with uh, with Harris Teeter as our premier partner, they do yep. did two tournaments this year. Uh, we're really, on Tuesday before the tournament, we're really close to t- a total raise for Make-A-Wish of Central and Western North Carolina. We're right under $300,000 wow. raised crazy. to give to Make-A-Wish. Not gross, net. So, which is really awesome. Harris Teeter stepped it up, doubled down this year. I mean, really came through. And and our sponsors have really came yep. through. And Christian McCall is the boss. She's the bomb. She cut me off last night on Monday. We're changing days around here. She gave you the hook? Uh, I, didn't know, the hook. I didn't know you got the hook. She said, get out of here, you're late. <laughs> I didn't know you got the hook. I thought you were telling you were telling the story. And Skufka said, I like her. She does her job. I want people to do their job. <laughs> I said, ooh, it's all perspective, right? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I like her, too. I'm very proud of her. She did really good. And I said this last night at our sponsorship party. It's really cool. It's our biggest year of sponsors. And uh, that just all happened. I think the flywheel is spinning. There's some momentum in year 15. Uh and I'm just, it's the business community in Charlotte and our Roby family network is just very giving and wants to give back. And that was always our goal to build a platform where people can can use it to, to, to give in the way they want to give. So uh, it's good to see these businesses be partners. Well, I like how you worked in the flywheel there, too. That was good. That yeah. was good. We, we got A.J. Klink, who I, I've met for the first time at a Jim Collins event in Chicago. I know like you all three know weeks each other. Yep. And we He's also a fellow YPOer. had some EOS offsites these last couple and, weeks. And A.J., uh, uh, Robert Fish is our imp- implementer, I think is what they call that role. And uh, I, I, A.J. is a client. As well, right? Of Robert. Yeah, okay. That's yep. what I thought. I didn't want to say. So, some people are just friends of Robert's. EO friends, or, you know. Uh, so, um, Robert is awesome. We've been with Robert for a couple of days doing yeah. our uh, that's right. our annual planning. That's right. That Two was year fun. Off-site. Yeah. 
<laughs> Talking about a hall. Two full Ooh. days. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Let's go, economy. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, it was good. It's it's a good time. Uh, get get me you. Uh, Patrick, Dave McGuire, Travis, my brother, uh, David Baird, our CFO, and, and Tiffany right. uh, runs HR. Tiffany Williams is awesome. Uh, get us all together, and we don't really all get together that often. So not, it's not. really good to get everybody together and talk shop. Robert leads it. He's excellent, and he likes to ride bicycles. He does. He's been on the show, too. We've had him on here if you yep. want to go back Check and it learn out. a word Robert about Robert. Fish. Yeah. He's, he swims fast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm so today is really cold. I'm cold. I got a I, I got a flannel undershirt. I got a flannel shirt. I got a jacket, and I'm cold. And my three daughters tonight for Halloween are going to be boxers. <laughs> so they have short boxing shorts on and a tank top. I can't imagine how cold they're gonna be. I mean, it was supposed to be like forty-two degrees at seven we, o'clock. We missed it. Did we miss a good weather by twenty-four hours? I mean, if, if last night was was tonight, I mean, it was perfect. Last it was night. perfect. It was almost warm. I'm excited about it getting chilly. You are. You want to have set some fires out there? I'm at the ready house. to have some fire. I got you. Every night, I've been chopping wood leading up to this event. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited, man. I hear you. The fall is is exciting, and uh. I'm out there chopping wood for like three hours. I'm like, man, I'm going to burn all this in an hour. <laughs> I don't know if that's a, a good return on your time, but it is when it helps your mind, you know? Chopping woods, there's something too. We talked about that before. Yeah. It's good. It makes you feel good. Like you do it I thought something. you were getting a wood splitter. I said, well, then I wouldn't be chopping. <laughs> you just hit the button. <laughs> it's actually, <laughs> using a wood splitter is pretty tough too because you got big logs and you're moving them around and you're throwing pieces. It, you get some good exercise there too, but but the girls, uh, Piper and Rowan, are trying out for basketball this week. Uh, so hopefully by the time you hear this show, they're both on a school basketball team. There you Let's go. go, girls! Been balling it up with them outside. Hadn't let them know Daddy still got some game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they agree. Piper says I, I play unfair. Everything I do is unfair. What are you, are you where, like? What her angst is from? Are you old man backing them in and just doing like a turnaround jump shot? No, right? oh, come I'm, on, I'm crossing up through the legs. You're doing a three ball. Three okay, on. I might want to see me that. Me and Ford beat all three girls. You still got that crook gold, or you get that thing fixed? Nah, I fixed it. You fixed it. Yeah, from where the from where the uh, Amazon from where guy. the Amazon guy backed into our basketball goal. It's kind my of my wife's got cameras everywhere. Do not sneak around my house because she will catch your butt. <laughs> yeah. nah. All right, you ready? Yeah, AJ man. Clink, when we return, we're going to talk right. some business, talk yeah. some shop. I'm excited. Maybe talk even a little flywheel. All okay. right, you're listening to At Home with Roby. Happy Halloween. Welcome back to At Home with Roby. I'm Patrick McIsaac from Roby Commercial and Services. I'm Trent Hayson from the Roby family of companies. If you missed the first segment, go back, check it out. Podcast us, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, all the social media channels. We are hooked up. They call it in the house. In the house. We in the house. Ha- we the in the game. house. In the in game. game. That's what I like to say. I, I don't realize I say it that much until my friends start saying it back to me. Well, you would you say in the game? In the game. You we do, in the game. You do say I didn't realize. Like, did I say that 8,000 times last week? I think like on a round of golf, there could be an over-under bet on how many times you say that. I would say like like 10 or 11 would probably be a good figure because every time you say it, it's usually like um, money's coming out of my pocket the other way because you did something good. <laughs> AJ, how you doing? Oh, phenomenal, man. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for being on. here. Yep. It's great. Uh, tell us about your wood 
splitting oh, yeah, yeah. journey. Because you mentioned that in the break. We got on some wood chopping earlier. Well, <laughs> well I was surprised to hear you go there. Um, to be honest, <laughs> I, I haven't heard much talk about wood splitting since I've been down in the Carolinas. I grew up in southern Michigan, yeah. middle of probably 500 acres of woods. And, uh, I mean, that's what you got to do. You know, we heated our house. We had a stone home, um, and we heated it with wood, huge wood fireplace right in the middle of the living room. And uh, that was the chore. I mean, it was cold as heck and, uh, you know, snow foot two feet tall and that's what that's what huh. dad had you do this Every, is in michigan in michigan yeah big old wood box in the living room so we had it had a log splitter um but man i tell you when you're pushing that wheelbarrow as a kid and there's two feet of snow oh, on gosh. each side that's why you so it, strapping it tips over oh. uh that's that leads to about your your most irate moment of the week you know it, it'll teach you something about life right it does i mean you, you gotta pick that wood right back up and put it right it back, back in the wheelbarrow hey, man. man you know how many wheelbarrows <laughs> i've dumped you know it's really bad when i was pushing concrete in the wheelbarrow and it fell out oh, that, yeah. you can't really mm. pick it back up as well you know what yeah. that happened. Yeah, be, <laughs> i pushed quick. a lot of concrete wheelbarrows in my time you gotta be quick so uh you heated your house with the wood fire with the wood burning fireplace in the center that's right yep and it was a room. stone house so would the stones kind of get warm it would it would insulate it so they they ironically call my house a castle in the region where i grew up it was about 100 feet tall and it was seven stories tall and it would literally look like a castle what? so i grew up in a pretty unique um whoa, whoa, situation whoa. so a tower where you had a spiral staircase that went up and my room was on the second story my brother's was on the third we had the bunk bedroom it was a very unique place huh. to grow up uh but yeah well, i mean we were living in the woods man did your dad build this castle oh heck no no there was some famous castle builder from germany that moved to the states and wanted to build a castle no what? way that's uh, uh, pretty crazy uh, <laughs> so we rappelled down it as kids he bought us rappelling gear and you know we climbed it no. and climbed down dude it. i uh, have to tell you in eight uh, and a half years you're the first person on the at home roby show that grew up in a castle yeah it's it's different for sure and that's <laughs> that crea it's creating crazy. an odd duck yeah <laughs> so would the heat rise in the castle like you, get warm up well you'd want to you'd want to keep the doorway the door to the to the tower closed because you would lose all your heat obviously yeah, yeah. so you tried to stay in the main rooms you know the the, the main two levels um for that reason so you didn't all the heat didn't escape but yeah and how many siblings do you have i have one brother yeah, he's two years younger than me is where's he at he's in nash vegas yeah he, okay. he, he runs one of uh, my real estate company's offices in nashville okay cool so we both got out of michigan i hear you that's yeah. really cool yeah. so how did you get out of michigan so I went to University of Michigan. All of my buddies went to Chicago, New York, or L.A., and I grew up vacationing in Murals Inlet every summer with my family yeah. and just fell in love with the Southeast. And they all followed jobs to their next stop after college, and I, I wanted to follow more of a lifestyle, follow the warm weather and friendly people and, you know, easier easier living. Um, so, yeah, I just picked, packed up the car and drove on down. So what did you study at Michigan? So my degree was biopsychology and cognitive science, a Goodness. bachelor of science. Yeah. So just some. And you're really stuff. smart. It's just is interesting <laughs> to me. I actually had to apply four times to get into Michigan. So I, I went to f uh, four universities on my journey to finally get admitted to really? wow. Michigan. Wow. Yeah. Talking about some diligence. Yeah, he's got to power through, man. I heard that. <laughs> so you did. So you studied science. Yep. And then now you're in the real estate industry. The real estate, yeah, entrepreneurship type endeavors. You're yeah. in the, you're an entrepreneur. More, more or less. So, so, okay. So you decided, hey, I've been going to Merrill's, Merrill's Inlet my whole life. My mom has a house at Surfside. Nice. Okay. Which is right there, uh, two beaches up. And uh, how did you decide, 
I'm moving to Charlotte. It's, I love Charlotte. It's, it's a great city. It was between Charlotte and Atlanta, and I, I didn't know a ton uh, yeah. about either, uh, other than I heard some, you know, some bad things about the traffic in Atlanta. And like mm-hmm. I said, I've been kind of traveling through Charlotte my whole life, and it's been a phenomenal place to be since about 2007. Do you still go to Merle's Inlet? I haven't been in a while. I, my shame yeah. on you. Yeah. Where's I, your southern roots? Uh, I hit all the beaches, but I just haven't <laughs> haven't been to yeah Merle's Inlet lately. So 07 is when you got to Charlotte. Yes, sir. Yep. Yep. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. I hear you. So, uh, so what, you're married, right? I have a wife who is, her name's Caitlin. Uh, I met her. She's from Connecticut. I came down. One of the big reasons I moved to Charlotte too was I was looking for a Southern Belle. I had this vision of yeah, this, yeah. you know, yeah. this blonde hair, like blue eyes, like. This now is, it's coming out. Yeah, this might come off wrong, but like <laughs> a great cook, you know, great cleaner, like somebody great for the kids. And I found a girl. I, I found a. I found a Yankee uh, from from uh, Connecticut of all places. <laughs> totally backfired, um, but she's great. She's exactly what I envisioned. I got two boys, seven, yep. two seven, seven and four. Yep. Two Hellraisers. That's cool. I want to. I want them to come out to the river, hang out with my two boys. I got eight and. Three. Oh man, yeah, they run wild, and they 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 raise some raise a ruckus too now. Yeah, somebody yep. I was talking to Peter Holt the other day. He's like, oh, <laughs> he heard my three year old in the background. He's like, I bet he's a mess. I was like, uh, <laughs> why would you say that? <laughs> so, uh, that's funny. Okay, so you moved to Charlotte. Yep. Did you know what you were going to do when you moved to Charlotte? You're looking for a wife. I was looking for a <laughs> wife. I was looking for a job. Yeah, took the first sales job I could find and. Took me six months to realize I didn't I didn't want to be where my boss was and I didn't mm-hmm. want to work for somebody and so just yeah I was pulled out a bunch of books what's the fastest way to become a self made millionaire and it was <laughs> at that point it was real estate I read a lot of those books. yeah so that, that led me straight to real estate and get rich quick seminars and real estate license loan officers license all that stuff did you go to those real estate seminars I went to one of them yeah his name was Russ Whitney uh, he's a big old mustache and. Uh, yeah, I dragged my dad and my brother to it. They thought I was crazy. That was about all the money I had. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's- I went to a couple while I was in college at Chapel Hill, and my dad would always mock me. He's like, are you going to another one of those seminars? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Hey, they, they, they may, I mean, you learn some things. Mm-hmm. I mean, but so some people. What did you sell when you got here? I mean, initially, like, what, what kind of products were you, what, what, I mean, what industry? So my first uh, role was selling uh, technology solutions for manufacturing companies and okay. staffing solutions, all related to hiring and yeah, staff procurement. But it was not interesting to me at all. So you got into real estate. Mm-hmm. You got your license. Mm-hmm. And then what were you selling there or leasing? So this is the middle of the or recession, buying. so nobody was hi- absolutely nobody was hiring. I had no interest in being in residential. I mean, my, the real goal that has driven me to real estate and the whole self-made millionaire, co- you know, comment was I built a school in Bolivia in high school, and I told myself that in a rural village, and and the the founder of this NGO called Build On has become a very close friend. He went to my high school, so that's what I want to do with my life. I want to build fifteen hundred schools around the world. I've probably done six or seven of them now. And so by getting into real estate, that would hopefully afford me the opportunity to then focus on the third world travel and building more schools and and retire from, you know, the money making ventures. I hear you. So that was that's always been the path. And so I thought commercial real estate was where I needed to head. And um, yeah, I started a couple of small companies and eventually an apartment brokerage, which was sort of my first one to take off. So tell us about your apartment brokerage. Sure. So it's called Capstone Companies. Uh, we've grown it. Me and two partners here in Charlotte, Brian and Bo, 
uh, to now grown it out of Brian's condo to now be the largest privately owned apartment brokerage in the country. So we sold about five five billion of real estate last year. We got twenty offices and uh, one hundred thirty employees. One hundred thirty employees sold uh, five billion in real estate transactions last year. Apartments. Yep, that's right. Apartments and land. And you apartment started land. out of an apartment. Started out of an apartment. <laughs> wow, yeah, that's, that's cool. Right. Back to back making phone calls. What year did y'all start it? Two thousand eight. Grit. Yeah, that is true. Grit. Hundred percent. Right at the financial crisis. Uh, so 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 that's. So, so now, and you did develop apartments and stuff of that nature, correct? Exactly. So, continued to own Capstone, went out and uh, started a development and investment company called Catalyst Capital. Really? That was Dang. 2019. Man, so. this guy's got some drive. You make me feel puny. I know. Mirror. Yeah, right. <laughs> AJ, will you hang out with us and continue this conversation? Let's do it. Happy do Halloween. It. I know you're in the past here, listener, but you're listening to At Home with Roby. We got AJ Clink. Catalyst, Capstone, and much, much more when we return. Welcome back to At Home with Roby. I'm Patrick McIsaac from Roby Commercial Services, along with Trent Hayson from the Roby family of companies. We are your hosts. If you missed the last couple of segments, go back. Having all kinds of fun here. We have AJ Klink, unbelievable entrepreneurial story that we've heard so far. Trent. We hadn't even got into the into the grit. There's some other stuff out there too. Starting school, started a school in Bolivia in high school. Grew up in a castle. Just showed. Yeah, it, sent me a link. <laughs> That's really Elmer cool. Castle. Check it out. Jackson, it is Michigan, really baby. cool. That's really cool. Truly yeah. a stone house, a mm-hmm. castle. <laughs> that is awesome. We, Likes to chop wood, man. Maybe you just come over, sip on a couple of brewskis, and chop some wood. Let's put do some it. Firewood. That's all I there need in go. my life. There you go. Uh, beer and wood. I mean, I like. <laughs> uh, my <laughs> dad great. was a carpenter. I love having hammers. I really like a wonder bar. I keep a wonder bar in my truck under my seat. Yep. But I love a mall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, a good machete too. Go a long way. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I need all those tools, you know. So, uh, so, so you and your two buddies started Catalyst. Mm-hmm. Brokerage apartments mm-hmm. in the apartment mm-hmm. in 07. That's right. I'm going to say this right. We're close enough. And then Capstone is your uh, development You got company. them flipped. So Capstone's oh, okay. the Excuse brokerage, me. Catalyst See, is the development. Correct me. That's yeah. why I was asking. I was uh, looking into your eyes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Capstone is the brokerage company. Catalyst is the development company. You got yes. on the Catalyst Capital Partner shirt. Mm. So tell us about that. We're just trying to go out there and have fun and do the best we can and bring a bunch of great investment opportunities to our clients, build something that we're proud of, build a company that um, has a great culture and has, you know. So is it the same two partners as in Capstone? Same two partners. Okay. Correct. And uh, I've gotten to know Bo pretty good. Really Mm -hmm. nice guy, Bo McIntosh. Um, So what do you like to develop? So we're we're developing multifamily across the southeast wood frame surface park multifamily, you know, two hundred to three hundred units. We got probably six or eight under construction or owned in various stages. Just started the company beginning of two thousand nineteen. Okay. Uh, build a lot of build to rent communities. We buy build to rent communities from builders. Um, we do active adult. Uh, we have built an active adult brand for fifty five and older. Yeah. Over. Uh, do some horizontal land development. So just try to be pretty opportunistic and flexible. We're recording here at WBT on West Moorhead Street, right. across from the Roby family of company headquarters, 2000 West Moorhead. If you don't know where our address is, come visit. Uh, but you're building a project up at the corner right of Berry Hill yep. and Wilkinson. That's right, called the Bowery. 
the Bowery, mm-hmm. and it's about three quarters of the way done. Am I right about that? That's right. That's yeah, right. stick yep. frame, surface stick park. Stick frame, some townhomes, some yeah, some conventional units. Um, op- that was an opportunity zone deal. Yep. So provide opportunity for investors to invest, you know, in the OZ fund and yep. um, save some taxes as well. That's cool. Yeah, we've talked a little bit about that on the show. That's right. Uh, you roll capital gains into the uh, development improvement yep. in this area, and uh, you defer your current capital gain taxes for several till 2026, I think. Yep. And then if you hold it for 10 years, then you get the exit. And not pay any taxes on your property. On the right about all That's this? right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. It's a That's pretty cool. Nice I didn't realize that was an OZ project. That is neat. So 2019 is a great time to get an apartment com- development business mm-hmm. uh, in hindsight, right? Um, so COVID was good for apartments, and apartments are really good because we're underhoused in the southeast mm-hmm. with all the migration. Um, I don't think there's enough doors. These people need a place to live. That's right. Um, and now I would think, I mean, it's a two-edged sword with interest rates rising. Uh, I mean, it makes it tougher to get development deals done. But on the other side of the coin, it makes it tougher for homeowners to buy houses, so they mm-hmm. need apartments. Correct. Right? Correct. So it improves the demand side of the apartment industry. 100%. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, what we're going to see is a lot more demand than there is supply in the coming years. And I, I always feel bad for folks who are just trying to get that entry level apartment. You know, yeah. not something that we're building. We're building A class apartments, but I'm talking like you know the older vintage properties, the lower rent properties. Because unfortunately, those rents, everything follows the supply and demand, and you're going to see another big run up in rents. It's inevitable. It's just what happened during COVID, and it's it's a shame. Yeah, the affordable housing crisis is a real thing, and we need to improve as many housing units as we can. I agree. I agree. Uh... Clay Grubb's a good friend of mine, talks a lot about that. He's been on the radio show before uh, and actually even trying to do stuff with no parking mm-hmm. to improve the the rent rate, mm-hmm. right? Um, a, lot of, lot of, a lot of opinions on that, but uh, also a lot of you look in these bigger cities and they don't have parking. Yep. So uh, In the right urban areas. But Charlotte's more of a, a, a car city, a vehicle city. Um, so... There's something else you do as well. I mean, I, I'm sure you got other things, yeah. but you're in the restaurant business as well, right? Hospitality business. You got into the, yeah, right? got into the restaurant business. I just I like building building things, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Um, owned a property in Noda that uh, would have made a great restaurant, and I decided just to do what everybody told me not to do, which was start a restaurant. Um, <laughs> so I built a team around that. Two great partners, Chris Coleman and Sean Potter, and Chris has been all over, you know, beat Bobby Flay and all over Food Network shows and. Sean, my other partner on the ops side, has um, opened 10 or 15 SDKs around the country. Just great. It's similar. Uh, yeah, just great cultural yeah. fits. So we've yeah, gone out. We've got I think four four restaurant businesses now. And a year from now, we'll probably have close to double that with what really? we've got in our pipeline. So it's yeah, it's fun building a culture, building a team, helping people reach their dreams. Those guys, my partners and other So how employees. did you meet those two guys? I just tried to meet just about everybody I could in the business in Charlotte, and <laughs> yeah. yeah, those are the best the best that I could find, and just we really hit it off. So one's age. the creative side, the chef side, the food side, and yep. the other one's the ops guy. Exactly. Really. Exactly. Yeah. Ops Man. and the numbers guy. Yeah. You so a you, team builder. You, you when when you and I first met, we met at an STK in Chicago. Really, for the first time, I had a conversation with you. Did he develop that? STK? Do you uh, know? I'm not sure if he did Chicago. He did he did a, bu- a bunch of them. Vegas, wow. Miami, so Meatpacking co- District. Just yeah. a coincidence? 
Yep. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I probably had to feel pretty good to text him. This is where we at. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that was yeah. That it's it's interesting, you know. Depending on the path you take with your career, um, you just you specialize, right? And yeah. I, I haven't found many folks that are around my age, forty years old or so, that have specialized in the hospitality industry, but really grown to high levels. And so it's it's cool to to help them. Uh, lots lots of times you get burnout and you go to a different industry as you know a front of house or back of house leader but they were able to continue doing what they want to do and they're super creative and the, the most important part with with our business built on hospitality is how people really truly like working with them and for them because of the leaders they are and because of sure, how sure you know how great a people they are and so retention for us is no problem at all and really recruiting is no problem and everybody's growing together so it's pretty cool to be a part of well, give a couple plugs on your restaurants. So we got Goodyear House in Noda. It's absolutely Isn't fantastic. That like award winning. It's it's won a lot of my awards. Yeah, it's won a lot of my <laughs> awards. But no, I hear hear rave so reviews. Humble. Yeah, hear rave reviews from folks who've been there from all over. Uh, Old Town Kitchen and Cocktails in downtown Rock Hill, uh, Haymaker in um, Uptown Charlotte. Yep. And yeah, a couple. We got a cocktail bar to the right of Goodyear House under construction. Uh, with a famous mixologist named Bob Peters, who we brought onto our hospitality company. Um, yeah, a couple more um, in the works. That is cool. I mean, you're you're scaling this, which which gives you diversity of of the restaurant industry, the hospitality mm-hmm. industry, gives you some protection, I would think, and also gives you some buying power and such. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you see, you know, you see people have one restaurant. Well. If something changes the dynamic, then then they're not hedged any other way, and 100%. they're not able to have like a a family consortium of, of thought, you know. Kind of like, like what you've thing. done, right? Yeah, that's very similar. So theoretically, at every piece you add to the puzzle, another restaurant or another division for us or another office, the overhead doesn't have to increase per. Yep. They have to say, yeah, same amount. In theory, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what they say. And you got to be careful because you can get. You can get ahead of yourself and, and and get a little healthy. It's all in the numbers, man. It's all about maintaining the costs where they need. That's the toughest part of this business is just having an eye on the cost every single day, every single week, and that's what a lot of folks fail at. But that's the lifeblood of a successful is it is it business. Input product cost, food cost, or is it it's human all that. cost? It's it's it's, it's all rent. it's all of it for sure. Uh, but it's controlling the controllables, right, with any business. But if you're putting you know, if you're putting a meal on a plate, every portion needs to be sized very exactly. You need to know exactly how many cents that portion costs, and you need to price your menu item exactly based on that and based on what kind of uh, you know percent ma- cost margin you're trying to achieve. And it's really not brain science. You just have to be diligent about it, and you can't take a week off because um, you lose your money. That's where you lose your money and your really? expenses. What do you think about that, Patty? Very much true. I mean, that's exactly right. We deal with the same thing in the construction world. I mean, we were talking about it. What were we talking about yesterday with fish? You shave one. What was the ratio? I'm not sure. And like how it's teaching our people if they can be efficient one ounce is how much revenue you have to have if you're making a 10 percent margin or a five percent mm-hmm. oh yeah 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 okay to, to make to make it up a hundred dollars but you can also be efficient and mm-hmm. well, we, were, we were talking about if you're if you're a 10 percent profit company and you have a you know, eight hour workday your associate does i mean think about how many minutes are actual profits if you waste 
40 minutes, there goes any profitability off that work day. I think that's kind of, is that what you're talking I about? I was trying to tee you up to explain that. Thank yeah. you, Pastor. You're welcome. <laughs> AJ, we, we've been talking about the Cornhole Tournament on the last segment. This is our first show after the Cornhole Tournament. You're in the studio. Will you stick around with us do one more segment? Please, please. Yeah, it's cool. Right. AJ Clink, you listen to At Home with Roby. We'll be right back. Welcome back to At Home with Roby. I'm Patrick McIsaac from Roby Commercial and Services, along with Trent Hazen from the Roby family of companies. We are your hosts. Go back if you haven't heard the first three segments. Then we have some pretty, AJ's got some pretty cool stories. I mean, really? Man. Man's got it going on. Likes to build. Likes to build things. I think he that's really like cool. He does like to build things. Build, build a, build a uh, brokerage company, yep. build a development company, build a hospitality company. He likes to build schools. Right. He's built five to seven schools. Mm-hmm. Five of them. With the goal of how many? Uh, 1,500. 1,500. So we're not talking about Make-A-Wish because we had our cornhole tournament. We are talking about Make-A-Wish. We I just talked about yeah. it. But we're not doing the wish story. So tell us about building these schools. I want to learn a little more yeah, about this, this cool. charitable endeavor. So there's a nonprofit called Build On. Uh, you can look up. And their focus is on building schools, primary schools, elementary schools in rural communities of third world countries. And so with each development project that my company Catalyst does, we build a school. A school in Nicaragua costs about $35,000 to build. And the amazing part, uh, my first school was actually in La Paz, Bolivia. But what I learned was if the, if, the, if the village does not have a school, when parents have kids, they send their kids to the capital, to La Paz, because they think they can go and ma- make some money for the family. Unfortunately, without an education, they just end up in the shanty towns and they end up homeless because they can't get a job. So by bringing education to these villages, you totally transform the yeah, trajectory of absolutely. that family, the kids, the, the community. And so I've just like, it's, I mean, who would have thought that you could spend $35,000 and put 75 kids in school? That's, That's crazy. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's something. I mean, it's obviously something that's out there. You think about, or you, or you're aware of, but being in America and growing up middle class, you don't think about these things, mm-hmm. and you don't think about how fortunate we are. We complain about our public schools, you know, private schools, and this and that, and the politics of it. But these kids just getting a school. Usually it starts with a house, and then they need their church, and then the school's Amen. next. And sometimes they just don't get to the school. They don't have the funds. They don't have a road to get to the village. And It reminds me of, uh, we've had, we had Junior Bernard from Haiti yeah. on the show. You remember that? That uh, uh, We had another group, Iwu, that was from Haiti, and it's the same deal. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just like what we take for granted. Um, they just want to go to school. Yeah, I mean, Junior they, Bernard was a great show. That was you a really cool show. show, AJ. Go no, well. look it up. He's on about six months ago. Yeah, just yeah, give or awesome, take. Awesome, inspiring. Uh, so when you build a school, you bid the bricks and mortar of building a school. And what is, do they have curriculum already said, or does the program have So the curriculum? seven countries that they focus on uh, provide the teachers in the curriculum for the long term and build on provides uh, the labor and um, the cost for the materials. A neat thing just for anybody listening is, and I'm happy to make a connection. One of build on's lead fundraisers is in Charlotte, but you can take your church organization. They have after school clubs, which is how I first got introduced uh, where the, the, the students, or you could, you could take your company, Trent uh, and Patrick, and you could take a group of 15 and live in the village for three nights. I'm doing Nicaragua again in February. It's like, what a life-changing experience for people. We did it for our hospitality company. We took people who had never been outside the country. They lived 
lived on the floor or on a you know crappy mattress mm-hmm. in one of these huts in Nicaragua, ate the ate the food from the villagers, had great interactions, sort of Q and A sessions. I mean, it became very emotional, and huh. um, like you can imagine, we just we're so so blessed here, and we don't show it and we don't appreciate it. Where you go there, and these folks are making two dollars a day, and they're just the happiest people you've ever oh, come yeah. across. So yeah. it's it really puts things in perspective. We've done our church has a partnership with Habitat for Humanity. And I've gone on two mission trips to El Salvador, oh, wow. and we build housing. Similar. Um, yeah. and, and the same thing, man. The the community, you, you, you're there every day for five or six days. You eat with them. Mm-hmm. You work with them. And, and their it. spirit is what's so special. Huh? Mm-hmm. And, and it, it'll teach you something. That's, that's the enjoyment. And it brings joy to them as well. No people mm-hmm. out here are caring enough to come do this. That Every, is awesome. Yeah, everybody listening should should do exactly what Trent's done. Find an opportunity. Put it on the calendar. It's something you think about, you could talk about. I took my dad for the first time. He was scared of going to Nicaragua, but he came out of it just loving it. So Yeah, they say the same uh. thing about El Salvador, but hey, you feel safe when you're in these communities yeah, with these those folks. Are poor countries. So your goal is every project that y'all develop, you build a school. That's right. Mm-hmm. And how, what did you say your big Go is five hundred BHAG. It's my BHAG is fifteen hundred. Fifteen hundred schools. Which, schools. which, if I do fifteen hundred, when I do fifteen hundred schools, I'll have enough kids in school around the world to fill Michigan's football stadium, which is the largest stadium in the country. Which is Dang. where I went to school. So the visual—that's what keeps me going. That is cool. Uh, I hear you. You wow. know what I mean, man. What's the name of the charity? Build On. Build On. on. Check it out. That's right. Okay, AJ, I'm going to put you on the spot. What is one principle that you live by, work, life, family? Give it, give it to me. I, I don't think I could boil it down to one, but if I if – <laughs> I, <laughs> I would say one thing my dad taught me when I was young is you need to treat everybody equally from there the janitor go. to the homeless person to the person that's the CEO or a doctor. Hey, you need to treat everybody with the same level of respect and kindness, and it takes one of everybody. So, Well, man, you do that. Try. I feel it. It resonates. Thank you. What a great story. Hey, listen, go do the golden rule today. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Carry a smile around on your face. Make people feel good. Thanks for listening to At Home with Roby.